We're unabashedly obsessed We've got to get it off our chest Please sit there and be quiet Hey everyone Hello Welcome to hell Welcome to Unabashedly Obsessed I'm James <laughs> I'm Aaron. <laughs> On our show we like to talk about things related to pop culture and the antichrist yes both of those things <laughs> sometimes in one in one episode yes and not so pop culture right which, which is what i would say is the category this would fall into also welcome to january yes so this month we're doing all anna kendrick movies yes of varying degrees of seriousness so and well-knownness yes Today, we're kicking things off as I'm sure that you would have expected that we would with Rapture Palooza, of course. Yeah. <laughs> because, James, when you think of Anna Kendrick movies, what is the first movie that comes to mind? Rapture Palooza. Of course. I mean, like, everyone said it along with me. I mean, it's just like, duh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I had legit never heard of this movie until you were like, I want to watch this movie. Same. I basically uh, went on Just Watch. And searched Anna Kendrick and was like, let's see, I want to... Oh, this one. Yeah. So uh, this one is currently on both Hulu and Amazon. Yes. And you should not buy it. However... You, you should shouldn't. not buy it. Do not pay money for this movie. But I think if you watch it, my quick impression, I super enjoyed this movie. I enjoyed it so much more than I thought I would. Yep. I I did not really know what to expect. I expected it to be kind of dumb based on the fact that Ken Jong was playing God. Yep. I was not disappointed. Yeah. It was kind of dumb in exactly the way that you would expect a movie where Ken Jeong plays God to be. But this movie also had absolutely everyone in it. Yeah. Like, this this had a, a strong cast, including the guy that played Alex Tromboli in uh, American Vandal, who I didn't recognize, but then I looked him up and I was like... Was that her brother? Yep. 100%. I couldn't figure out why he looked so familiar. Yep. And I, I was happy that before I got there, I was like, he's that kid in American American Vandal. Oh, man. Yep. It also had, um, I can't remember his actual name, but he played John Smith in Pitch Perfect. Yep. Michael Clark Duncan. Nope. No. John is C. Riley. Not nope. John C. Riley. No. John something, Michael. Something, something, John Michael Higgins? Yeah, maybe that's it. Something. I think that's it. Something, something Higgins. I'm pretty sure Higgins is. I'm pretty sure about name. John. I think John Michael Higgins. I think so. It also had, um, so. Her boyfriend uh -huh. was in Freaks and Geeks. He was okay. basically the main geek. He was the main character geek. Okay. And he was about this tall in Freaks and Geeks. Oh. Yeah, he's super cute. And then he grew up and... He's still super cute. He was super cute too. He became a, like a director. So yeah. he didn't do a lot of in front of the screen stuff. But he was great in this. Every Like, I'm hard pressed to think of, of a performance that wasn't like great for what it was. Yeah. Like Anna Gasteyer as her mom was over the top in the exact way you'd want her to be. Yes. Like, you need to watch Suburgatory. Okay, fair. If fair. you liked her in this, you will like her in Suburgatory. Okay. All right. That's 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 the endorsement I needed. Yeah. Um so I mean if if Jane Levy wasn't enough of an endorsement. She's a pretty big endorsement. And also um um Jeremy um, Sisto. Jeremy Sisto. Thank in, you. In I was gonna call him Jeremy role. Elton. Right. Not his name. Right. Jeremy Jesus also. Jeremy Jesus? He played Jesus Christ in a in a made for oh, TV that's Jesus right. Movie. I, I didn't see that, Same. which will shock you to hear. Also, Alan Tudyk oh, nice. is in it. He Fair plays enough. Jeremy Sisto's best friend. Cool. He's a dentist. Oh. He's very Alan Tudyk-y. I like it. But yeah. 
you need this is not about suburgatory no. though although i'm sure when james eventually watches it we will probably cover it this movie could have been called suburgatory very easily yeah um yeah this movie i i have to imagine this got suppressed by the religious right because this movie yeah. was blasphemous as hell and i do mean that intentionally yes um in a delightful way like so the rapture is a catholic thing specifically or kind of an all christianity but the catholics really lean into it thing i i it well let me let me say this no flavor of protestant that i've been has been a rapture flavor okay i think that it's more of a uh like baptist thing but okay. i wouldn't swear to that i don't know that the catholics are the big rapture people the only person i know who is a big rapture person is a friend of my mom's and i think thought she was catholic but now that i'm thinking about it maybe she's baptist i don't know i don't know i don't i'm not confident enough to speak firmly but i think the rapture is more like southern evangelical sort of situation okay that's that actually sounds right which says maybe baptist yeah so in this movie the rapture happens yes (laughs) the first thing that happens is the rapture happens. well no the first thing that happens is the end of the movie then or the almost end of the movie and then it's one of those but let's back up yeah so then the first thing that happens happens is the rapture um which can i say how much i loved the way they did the opening credits of the rapture happening and all of those Clothes. clothes just clothes and food and like anything that's being held by a person in the bowling alley yeah just falls to the ground it was a gorgeous i mean like there was some like that was awesome like the everything about this movie like cinematography wise mm-hmm. was really pretty and like really nicely done and yeah i mean like i guess we we should probably at some point watch this is the end um is that the one that also has craig robinson yeah and james franco and yeah. seth rogan yeah so basically um Anna Kendrick narrates sort of what happened, and that is that the rapture happened, leaving half of the earth behind, including, uh, so uh, her and her boyfriend and their dads all didn't get raptured. And her brother and and her her brother's best friend. Right. Um, But both of their moms did, except for her mom got sent back for, I guess, yelling at someone for cutting in line in heaven. Well, and she also was talking about how poorly organized the massage lines were. So I think she maybe yelled at someone for cutting and then also yelled at, I guess, the angels for (laughs) not having a well-run massage establishment. When uh, Michael, John Michael Higgins was, when her, when uh, Anna Kendrick's dad was Uh hugging her, she was like, did anyone even vacuum? And he's like, yes, yes, we all vacuum. I was like, that's such a funny thing to say to someone. Yes. We all vacuum. We vacuumed all the time. (laughs) So I have a question, though. Yeah. Her having been raptured and then sent back really had no bearing on, like, that was a funny moment that happened at the beginning, and it didn't really matter at all. Her and then Thomas Lennon, the lawnmower guy, being exceptions to stuff was just just a funny thing. Well, he was, the lawnmower guy was a wraith, right? He was a zombie. Is there a difference? Muh. Yeah, he, he had he I was, had he had pupils. I was a little fuzzy on that one. So he comes. So he died. Right. He didn't. He wasn't raptured. Right. He actually died and right. then came back. Right. And just spent the whole movie mowing his lawn. Even when they took away his lawnmower, he just walked around his yard as though he was mowing his lawn. Yeah. And then there are these other people who are wraiths. Right. And I'm not. I may have just not been paying attention. You're shaking your head to indicate that you also do not know what the difference is between wraiths and zombies i think that wraiths 
are serve the Antichrist. So they were maybe not human. Because like ring rates in 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 Lord of, Lord the, Rings of the Rings were the people on horses right. that tried to get the ring. Right. So the wraiths are potentially more like demons than anything. Like I guess they're so, yeah. they're not. They were never human. They just came up from the bowels of hell to hang out on Earth and smoke pot. Smoke <laughs> just so much pot. <laughs> yeah, and like do security. I guess so. Yeah. Because there were a bunch of them just randomly hanging around, like the ones who kept getting pot from her brother. <laughs> they weren't. They didn't seem to be connected to the Antichrist in any way. I think they said something in a throwaway line about how like it, they stopped being necessary, so like a bunch of them were unemployed. Oh, maybe that's what it was. So okay, that's why yeah. they were all just roaming around, <laughs> becoming huge potheads. Yeah. This movie. This movie is really. It, it's sort of like if you took a sketch. From like SNL, but uh-huh. like a, a more edgy SNL. Yeah. And you made a whole movie out of it. Yes. In in a way that I personally, and it sounds like maybe you did, I found very rewarding. I found like yes. like everything that they did, I was like, that's funny. That what that is, that's funny. The 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 fact that they were just like trying to score weed off of her brother, and that his her brother was not afraid because like he was the one in power. Yeah. Like, whatever. Worked. Like, it, yeah. it absolutely worked. Like, there was no part where I was like, this is stupid. I mean, the whole thing. Was but stupid, like... <laughs> but in in a in a good way. It was a consistent plot. Like, everything about the lore of everything worked out just exactly right. Yeah. It it felt not even like an edgy SNL, but almost like a, like a college sketch comedy troupe. Yeah. Was like a, a really liberal college sketch comedy troupe was given just a boatload of money to make a movie. Right. And this is what they came out with. Yeah. I wonder, because like um, a Middleditch was like the writer, not Thomas Middleditch, who is uh, the famous one. He's on those like Verizon commercials where he's like, hey, I've been sitting on these Verizon things. And like, you've, you've seen them. He's also on Silicon Valley. He's this guy. He's a okay. comedian. Um, but it was like Paul Middleditch and like Matthew Middleditch. And I don't know if there's a relationship, but Middleditch doesn't really feel like a common last name to me. Yeah. Um, and then like, like we said, or like, and like I said, and you agreed, um, everyone is in this movie. Like Paul Shear is in it. And like, um, Craig Robinson Craig is Robinson. the Antichrist. Right. And like Rob Hubel was the, the main non, the main normal human guy that was like holding the mirror. Yeah, I don't. He, I recognized him. I can't. He's been place in him. stuff like he, like all these people are on like Amazon comedies and like sitcoms that don't get picked up and yeah. stuff. Like, but like every single person on screen was like, oh yeah, that's that guy from this and this and this and this. Like, I, I wanted like the main um, wraith that wanted to buy drugs from her brother. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, I gotta look up who that is because I don't recognize him, but I feel like I should recognize him because of the. I kept thinking it was Anthony Rapp. Because he looked like Anthony Rapp, but with Wraith makeup on. Right. It was not Anthony Rapp. Right. But that's who I kept thinking it was, even after I had confirmed that, no, I don't know who he is. Yeah. But, so yeah, so the rapture happens, and, like, there's there's locusts, which were really funny. Suffer! (laughs) These tiny little bugs that just come up and bite you and yell, suffer! And... The cursing crows were one of my favorite parts of the whole thing. There was a moment when there was just a ton of them, a murder of crows, and they were all cursing, and the cursing started to blend together to actually just sound like birds cawing, and then you would occasionally hear, fuck you. (laughs) It was amazing. Yeah. Like, my brain, my ears kept hearing just bird noises, and then the occasional, fuck you. 
fuck you, fuck you. And then it would just delve back into bird noises to the point where I don't know if it was all voices mashed together to sound like birds or if it was actually bird calls mixed in there too. It was, it was very, I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was maybe them taunting her boyfriend, like at the, at the, Uh yeah. And like, that's it. Like, no, 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 no. God, man. This movie, like, I re- the more I think about it, the more I really liked basically everything about this movie. However, yeah. Kristen uh, came down and fell asleep while I was still watching it. Uh-huh. So she woke up to Craig Robinson singing to Anna Kendrick on the piano. Oh. And she's like, what are you watching? Yeah, that was, okay, so just a brief, a little more plot. Yeah. Um, There's so, only like two more plot points. <laughs> yeah, so Ben Ben's dad, Ben is Anna Kendrick's boyfriend. Right. Her name is Lindsay. Right. Ben's dad works for the antichrist right who is played by craig robinson right um who if you don't know who that is he was daryl on the office right. and he's doug judy on brooklyn 99 yes and so he takes them to work with him to try to give them try to get them jobs yeah and because they were going to open a sandwich cart a sandwich cart like a food truck but it got a giant rock like a flaming <laughs> asteroid dropped on it yeah, big flaming rocks fall from the sky. Yeah, it's part of the rapture. And so they don't have any money right. to replace the food cart. So he's going to get them jobs. And so they get there and the Antichrist walks up and is real into Lindsay. Inappropriately into So inappropriately into Lindsay. And decides that she is going to be his queen and bear his children. Right. Now, Lindsay, it turns out as part of this plot point, is a virgin. Yes, which I want to circle back to that, or we could talk about it now. I have a question. Yep. If she... So, okay, so the Antichrist, whose name is Beast. Right. He he goes by the Beast. Right. He basically tells her she has eight hours to decide if she's going to marry him and be his queen and let him deflower her and just fill her full of Beast babies. So much seed. Or if she's going to decline the offer and he's just going to murder everybody she loves. Right. Or has ever met. Or has ever met. So part of the appeal of Lindsay is that she is a virgin. To him. Part of the appeal to him, yes, is that she is a virgin. If during that eight hours she had gone and had sex with Ben. Right. What, like, would that have made a... She didn't need to. He was into her before she found he found out she was a virgin. Right. That just sweetened the deal. Right. So I'm assuming that her virginity wasn't like this whole thing wasn't hinging on her being a virgin. Yeah, but I wonder if it was sort of like because I really wanted her. I wanted Ben to be like because at one point he was trying to convince her they should have sex, and she was like, "My parents are going to be home any minute." <laughs> and then her parents came home, and then her dad got a flaming asteroid dropped on him. Right. But if I kind of wanted Ben to be like, "What if?" We just have sex. Yeah. Or if she had said, what if we just have sex? Yeah. But that was just never explored. Yeah. For being, for being so, well, we'll get to, we'll get to the blasphemy in a sec. Yeah. Um, for being so like, these are the sinners left behind. Like, I mean, I guess I've never read any of the left behind series, but is it about people that are left behind from the, I, I know, know that know it what refers the to the series it's, is. Um, Kirk Cameron. Uh-huh. Wrote a series of sci-fi novels called Left Behind. Oh, I'm absolutely sure it's about the rapture. It's then. definitely about the rapture, but I don't know whether. I guess it's about the people. It must be left about the people left behind, because otherwise, why would you call it that? Right. <laughs> why don't you call it not left behind? Right. Um. Anyways. Um. But like, it had a weird like 
almost after school special, like almost like a morality play. This did? Yeah, to me. It, I, I got this. I got this. It was sort of like a humanist. Remo- mor- Whoa. It was sort of like a humanist morality play where okay. it was like, she's a virgin and that's a thing. And she wears like white a lot. Yes, but she looks super slutty in it, according to Ben. She comes out wearing this super tight low cut dress to go on her date with the beast. Yeah. And she walks out of the bathroom and Ben's like, you look super slutty. And so she puts on a hoodie. Yeah. That she then immediately takes off like a minute and a half later to go on the date. I don't know why she put it on to begin with. So that he wouldn't look at her. Is that why? I guess. I don't, yeah. But like. She didn't seem uncomfortable putting it on. She was just like putting it on. Yeah. Yeah, it was, I don't know. I don't know. It it felt sort of like it, like in a a movie where I I think the moral of the movie, spoilers, (laughs) is don't let God or the devil tell you how to live your life live your life how you should live your life like make your own decisions yeah it felt very um important that she was a virgin and so it it sort of felt like well of course he's not going to take her virginity that would be like it i don't know it felt to me it felt to me weird like not that i was thinking that but that i felt like the movie the movie's logic was sort of like well of course not see i didn't and again maybe it's because i was not raised religious at all yeah so i didn't get any of that It felt to me like the whole tone and flavor of the movie should have had Ben being like, but let's just bone. There was a weird beta male thing going on with him. Yes. I don't know if, I don't know, like, it felt like in another movie he would have, like, or in maybe, like, real life, quote unquote. But see, with all of the grossness that was happening with... And maybe it's because he was the Antichrist. He was just being so gross. But like Ben's dad was kind of a douche. And like, I don't know. It just, I felt like that was an opportunity that I was surprised didn't come up. Because I think they were, what is the word I'm looking for? They were making him be like pure? Chivalrous? I guess. I mean, he was a good dude. He was. And like, I thought their relationship was great. Yeah. Like, maybe my favorite parts of the whole movie was when they were like trying the sandwiches and like, then she's like, hold on, like, uh, sounds like it's going to rain. And then they got out of the way of the flaming rocks. Yeah. Like their, um, blah added, like their blah faces when rapture stuff was happening. Uh-huh. Maybe do, like when the, when the rain of blood started and they were in the truck and he was like, she's like, maybe do the squirty thing. And like, <laughs> they, yeah, they were just so used to this being, it was a really interesting take on an apocalypse Yeah, because In most apocalypse media, it's like, oh my God, it's the apocalypse. We have to survive. And in this, they were just like, oh, it's raining blood again. I know you still haven't seen it, I think. But uh, it reminded me a lot of Zombieland. I haven't. It's on my shelf. I need to watch it. Um, In tone. Or or just give it back to you. I've had it for like three years now. Man, I should watch. I I would be interested in watching. I haven't had it for three years. Weird. Anyways. um, (laughs) But like the tone of sort of like, yeah, I mean, life just, you know. Life is boring eventually. No, like you can kind of get used to anything. Yeah. Is sort of like an attitude that they sort of had. I thought he was great, but there was a weird like George McFly, oh, I couldn't possibly stand up for my girlfriend sort of thing going on that yeah. like, like he eventually did, but she really did. There was a, it took a weird turn at the end where she was just shooting him. <laughs> yeah. So, so she, they come up with this plan to keep him in a kennel to for keep him in the kennel that her dad built for their escape artist dog 
for a thousand years because I guess the Bible the revel the says, book of Revelations I think says that you can you can like contain the devil for a thousand years or right now he's not Satan yet right if they kill him he'll become Satan right it's like um ooh dogma spoilers also this reminded me of dogma a lot it reminded me of dogma a lot um how like they had to kill that old dude to I haven't seen dogma since high school big huge spoilers for dogma um there's this guy in the hospital that gets beat up by the these hockey hoodlums who are demons sure he's in a coma and there's okay. this big debate about whether you sh- they should uh, pull the plug and a bunch of these catholics are like no we shouldn't pull the plug because life is precious and all this stuff right but it turns out that the solution to the whole movie again dogma spoilers is that they have to pull the plug so that his body can die so that god can be reborn as Alanis morissette okay and and, and i remember everything about the man in the hospital yeah there's a part they pull the plug <laughs> which sounds like i should remember it because it's kind of like <laughs> the the plot of the movie <laughs> well but and he was such a it was such a uh it was you know it was that kind of plot where you introduce something and then you have wild stuff happen yeah. and then you're supposed to be like oh wait that guy yeah so like they have to go pull the plug before Azrael, who's played by jason lee crosses right. the threshold of the church and yeah brings about the apocalypse so we're back right. to rapture palooza right <laughs> but it was sort of like that except for the antichrist instead of god like yeah if he got killed then satan would come right this felt like dogma, but not as smart. Yep. It wasn't. It was dogma written by someone else. Yeah. Because Kevin Smith for... No. Kevin Smith is a, is a smart, smart dude. And dogma is probably... I'm going to catch flack for this. Dogma is my favorite Kevin Smith movie. Okay. Because it's so thoughtful. And I like, haven't seen enough Kevin Smith movies yeah. to have an opinion other than yours. Because Mallrats made no impression. Yeah. Clerks, I got bored and turned off. Yep. Chasing Amy is, is... I haven't seen Chasing Amy. I haven't seen Jay and Bi- Silent Bob Strike Back. Um, Chasing Amy is as close... At one point was my favorite. I haven't watched it in a while because I do... I, there's no way it aged well. Okay. Because it it there's a it takes place in a, in a pre... It, not in a pre-trans world, but like in a world where no one really had vocabulary for trans people. Okay. So there's a like... She's using like they, them pronouns... Okay. And she gets called on by her lesbian friends for playing the pronoun game because she's in love with a, a, a dude. Okay. So, like, it's a weird, like, there can only, if it's not a woman, it's a man sort of situation. Okay. It's a great movie. And I think it really does interesting stuff about talking about love and, like, who you fall in love with doesn't, like, it's a one-on-one thing, not a, like, identity thing. Okay. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I think that Kevin Smith... I think that there could be a Kevin Smith making a Chasing Amy now that would be a lot more inclusive okay. and telling the same message, and it would be excellent. But I think okay. that it was a very mid-90s sort of something-something wave of feminism and sort of like race, racial stuff and like um, uh, LGBTQ politics and stuff of the time that has okay. sort of faded away. Okay. But yes, this this reminded me. Dogma, I feel like, is the most cohesive Kevin Smith yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, but this felt like Dogma written by someone who had seen Dogma and was like, what if Dogma? And, but what if we just made Dogma again? Right. In a different, had Anna Kendrick in it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which, like, I would green light that. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, it, it happened. It was yeah. called Rapture Palooza. Oh, right, right. We should talk about I mean, it on the show. Yeah, because it, ha- <laughs> it had a lot of, like like you were saying, the very dry kind of like, well, try the try the the Yeah. The wiper thingy. Yeah. And like that kind of just like, you know, okay, baby, just keep handing me guns. Like <laughs> honestly, a lot of it was in her delivery. And which not by- so much the writing. Um she if may I say that she was the most Anna Kendrick yes. Anna Kendrick of all time? Yes. 
When we're There's... making fun of Anna Kendrick, not making fun of, but when we're channeling Anna Kendrick for write a movie, right? we're channeling this Anna Kendrick There's, somehow. I think there's two versions of Anna Kendrick. There's Becca in yeah. Pitch Perfect, where she's like snarky and sarcastic and a little bit bitter at the world. And then there's Snark-tastic. this one. Snarcastic, yes. Yeah. There's this one where she's not that, but still has that same dryness to her. She's into it. Becca is not into it, but she will have fun making fun of it. Right. Lindsay is into whatever. Yeah. But also she will call you on weirdness. <laughs> on her date with the beast. Yeah. Every time he did something and she's like, yeah, no, I'm super into that. <laughs> and like as a as a viewer, you know that she's super not into that. Yeah. But the way she said it yeah. wasn't like, yeah, I'm super. And like she was playing her part. Yeah. She was not acting as though she was pretending to be into it. She, like, as far as the Beast was concerned, she was into it. Yeah. And I completely understand why he thought that. Yep. It was a very interesting, um, well, this movie was very interesting to watch post Me Too. Uh Uh-huh. Because of, like, he was a person in a very big position of power. Right. Who saw a girl that he liked and was like, mine. Yes. And she was sort of like, this is horrible. Let's kill him. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. but like she felt pressured to say, you know, they said like, whatever he says, just say yes. Uh-huh. It but was, you notice she very rarely did. She very rarely said yes I mean, the all. first thing she said to him was no. Ew, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he was like, I'm not, like he asked her to take a walk around the garden with him or around the grounds. Yeah. After he had been super creepy. Yeah. And he, she was like, no. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not a person you want to say no to. And she's like, uh. And then he kind of led her away. Yeah. I don't, I think the only time she ever said yes to him for anything was when she was very clearly playing the part yeah. of the dutiful, about to be de-virginized queen. Right. Like when she said, why not just, blow, why don't we just blow up the entire world? Yeah. Like, Do you want to blow up somewhere? Do you want to blow up? I forget where he said. It wasn't Hoboken, but it was <laughs> yeah. something. It... Yeah. She's like, well, let's just blow up the whole world. Oh, I think it was the Netherlands. Yeah, yeah, He's like, do you want to blow up the Netherlands? And she's like, why not everywhere? Yeah. Let's just blow up the whole world. He made a claim on that walk, and I wanted to talk to you about it. Okay. He claimed that she was a combination of Hillary Swank. And Scarlett Johansson. And Scarlett Johansson. I had a really tough time knowing what he was talking about. Like, I had, I was like, what? What are those? Why did you pick? Are those just funny names? So <clears throat> I had this same conversation in my own head where okay. I was like, did they write the script with that comparison, cast Anna Kendrick and decide to leave it in? Yeah. Did they write the script, cast Anna Kendrick in part because of that comparison? Or did they write the script with... You look like, insert two actresses here, based on who we cast. Cast Anna Kendrick, and then those were the names they pulled. Like... Because I don't get it. I can... It's a... It was a weird pull. Because, like, is the joke that she doesn't look anything like it, and he's just saying names of actresses that he thinks that she would want to hear that she looks like? I don't know. That's why I was wondering what the order of events there was. Because I could see if they had written in Scarlett Johansson and Hilary Swank, and then they cast Anna Kendrick, and they're like, meh, let's just leave it. I could also see... Craig Robinson improvising the names? I could see him improvising the names. I can... I would call Anna Kendrick a contemporary of Scarlett Johansson. Sure. I can see them being put in the same category of being roughly the same age, 
cute actresses in Hollywood. People that play young people in the 2000s and 2010s. Yeah, and they kind of both have like the same kind of cute, quirky type roles. Knows no better sort of situation. Like a Jennifer Lawrence maybe would maybe even go yeah. in this category too. Sort of snarky, winking, not winking at the camera like, like, hey, big boy, but winking at the camera like we both know what yeah. this is. <laughs> I guess I can see if you took Hilary Swink and Scarlett Johansson and like overlapped their faces, like did a composite of the two of them, I can see somebody being, and you were like, who does that look like? Yeah. If there was a multiple choice list that included Anna Kendrick and a bunch of people who look absolutely nothing like either of those people, right. I can see how you would get that. I guess she has some of the, like some similar facial, facial structure to Hilary Swank. And maybe the body, like in that movie, she definitely had more of a bombshellish body than, yeah. than I feel like she normally does. Well, I don't think we usually have a chance to see her in a very tight, very low cut dress in a push-up bra. Yeah. That dress didn't fit her great. Yeah. Like, her boobs were... there. It's like this V-neck dress that almost squished the... Like, it almost squished her boobs in so that she was, like, spilling out, but in a... The part where the dress was covered was flattened. Yeah. So it almost looked like it was just ill-fitting as opposed to, wow, she just has a lot of cleavage happening. Right. That... But that works for me in a, in a, in a post-rapture sort of world where she's probably just using a dress that she has. Yeah, it just really bothered me because yeah. it looked like... And there were times when the V part of the dress, it looked like it had been altered mm. to like overlap itself yeah. in a certain way. And maybe that's just the way the dress was made, but it looked like the costume department tried a thing yeah. that didn't work and they decided to just go with it anyway. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. It was weird. It was a weird thing to be hung up on. But the very first thing I thought in that opening scene that is the end of the movie, yeah. when they're standing around the hot tub, I was like, why do her boobs look so weird in that dress? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like, but... um, yeah, it was weird that I had forgotten that she was in that dress. And then she came out in that dress like near the end of the movie. And I was like, all right, the dress, right, right. Yeah. I will say the way Anna Kendrick's boobs looked in that dress was basically... The only thing I didn't like about the movie. <laughs> okay. So. Fair, 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 fair. That's, um. I had no problem with that. Yeah. Aspect. Well, and that's just me as a woman where like, sure. if I had put on a dress that fit that way, I would have said, no, thank you. I will not be wearing this dress. Sure. Like that would. Was she supposed to look like overly sexy? Like I keep, this is such a James thing for me to do. And I am so sorry, listeners and Aaron <laughs> for being like. I'm sure it was intentional. I'm just not understanding what they were going for. Like I don't think it was though. Honestly, it looked like so that's a look that you get when like the cup size on your bra is too small. Okay. Where like your boobs don't fit properly in it and so they have to spill over somehow, but like the line of the edge of the cup or the dress or whatever is like almost cutting into the flesh. Mm. And so it's like a it's not like a, you know, oh, I'm wearing this very low cut sexy right. thing and like when you go to ren fair and right. yep. all the girls have their boobs pushed up to their ears and yep. the cups are run a thing over yep i remember well it's not like that that is an intentional thing right. sure this is like if i ran into this a lot when i was pregnant and nursing okay and my boobs were never the same size for more than like a few days at a time okay and so I never had a bra that really fit properly. So mm. I felt like anytime I would put on a shirt and the bra would be too small, you would almost have like quad boob. Okay. 
because you could see the line of the bra cup sure. where it was like an indentation in the shirt and then the like boob coming out of the it was yeah it's not a good look and it was something that kept bothering me and it's such a small thing that really i should not have focused on as much as i feel like this episode of this podcast is focusing on get your get your bra size measured everyone yeah it's really good i've heard very good things about doing that yes so this is a thing guys don't basically her boobs were muffin topping okay good way to put it i like quad boob because it makes it's sort of like an alien thing yeah yeah (laughs) so um long story short they kill god and the antichrist and jesus and jesus they really kill jesus no (laughs) they kill jesus the antichrist kind of kills himself and god yeah they're in a hot the antichrist and god are fighting in a hot tub yeah and the antichrist grabs a boombox or a speaker or some kind of electronic device that was plugged in and goes to hit god with it and ends up electrocuting them both right so then uh so quickly too yeah like given how many times she shot him i did not expect the electricity to kill him as instantaneously as it did just goes to show really the point electricity is is more deadly than bullets yep okay they call electricity the bullets of Ben Franklin's bullets is what they call them. Is that what they call uh-huh. it? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. I had BFB. Not, I had not heard that one, but yeah. that is good to know. Yeah. Look, um, for, look for that t-shirt in our merch store. <laughs> uh, I'm going to shoot you with Ben Franklin's bullets. I cast lightning. Um, <laughs> so, um, note to self, kids on bike. Um, <laughs> and uh, Hollow shoots him with Ben Franklin's bullets. No one? No one? Lightning. I, I mean, I would react. Yeah. Um, so basically, then the end of the movie is uh, everything go gets better, gets like way better because they, um, no one is in charge, so everyone's in charge, so everyone has to be good. And they get a sandwich restaurant, and she is having a baby. In again, a weird sort of like why, like yeah, I don't understand that one. Like there's this whole focus on her being a virgin, and then the Antichrist and God and Jesus are all dead, and they get their sandwich restaurant, right? And she's like serving a customer and turns and you see a very obviously fake it was like i mean it really looked like she just put a basketball under her shirt right but and and she like rests her hand on the belly and smiles at ben and that's the end of the movie yeah and it like it was very clearly deliberate yeah but is it like a now? Because they feel safe. Oh, okay. Now they feel safe so they can have the baby. That Because they had been talking earlier. Right. There was a conversation about starting a family, even though it was the end times. Right. Which, okay. So and that paid off on that. That actually, that, that makes me feel slightly better. It still felt very puritanical in a weirdly sort of yeah. like weird way for the content. It felt kind of like Hell House. You know how like, like um, Christian organizations put on Hell House? Um, which is like haunted house, but gorier and scarier um, and religious, but like in a weird, like scared straight sort of way. Okay, it's felt kind of a little like like that sort of like we're tricking you. We're still having the values, but but yeah, it's this is going to be a weird statement for me to make, given okay. that the movie is called Rapture Palooza. But the religious undertones were like the fact that they were there was weird to me. Yeah. I expected this to be a movie that completely made fun of religion, and it it did. Another thing I didn't understand. Okay. So the people who were left behind, they weren't necessarily sinners. They were non-believers. Right. It's both. I think it's both. Is it both? Because the dude on TV was like the host of an evangelical TV show, and he didn't get raptured. Right. Interesting. So, I mean, 
Yeah. That when he came when he came back and we saw that he had not been raptured, I was very confused. That is very interesting because I think the rapture is people that are saved. I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know <laughs> if it was if there was like a because that, that differs for for a lot of the different denominations. Like some denominations believe like nope, there's five hundred of us and and that's it. Yeah. Like throughout time, there's 500 people that get to go to heaven and then everyone else doesn't. Yeah. Um, and then there are people that are like, like, I really, I thought it was very interesting when Ken Jeong as God was like, that's all I needed to hear. Because yeah. it was like a, it was like a forgiveness thing. Yeah. Which they, was, they apologized for killing Jesus. Right. <laughs> with a laser. God, a laser so cannon. fucking weird. It was so weird. <laughs> Did you have the sense while you were watching it that every time Anna Kendrick was on screen, she was thinking this movie is so fucking weird. I got that. Because I, I kind of had the sense that she was both thoroughly enjoying herself and also wondering why she was there. Uh, yeah, I, I get that. I got, I got both. I got both. God, I want to see some outtakes of Craig Robinson's walking around with her. Yes. And because uh, you know she was cracking up. Oh, yeah. You, she had to be. There's no way that that could have, like, it was so creepy and <laughs> gross on screen. Yeah. There's no way that it couldn't have been just hilarious for them to film it. Yeah. Without, like, if he was actually creepy and gross like that, we would know yeah. about it. It would, that would have come out in the media at some point. So clearly he was just playing a he creepy, gross He was channeling the character. worst thoughts of everyone of anyone who has ever had bad thoughts about women yeah honestly like he just said them yeah yeah (laughs) and you and like craig robinson is this big teddy bear of a man that can also play really thoughtful and good and whatever so you know that he is at the very least you know he's acting like clearly yeah clearly he's acting but because it was just so like oh my like if it was someone else it would have been like, okay, so they just got this guy in to be the grossest. But right. because it was Craig Robinson, you're like, I know he cannot be. He can also not be the grossest. Which made it more uncomfortable to watch. Yeah. It was so, oh, it was so gross. Speaking of uncomfortable to watch, I'm trying to think of a time when Anna Kendrick has kissed someone on screen and I haven't been like, oh, that doesn't look right. Yeah, I don't think that was her fault. I think that was his fault. He was doing a weird thing with his mouth. Okay. He was like kissing here like almost his like his lower lip was on her top lip there was a weird stickage thing yeah it was the last kiss yeah it was weird and it was on him i mean maybe she's the weird kisser but it he was the one who looked like it was weird i don't recall the kiss at the end of pitch perfect being weird but maybe that was a weird that maybe that was an interesting that could have been a that was more of a distant because this 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 was was like whoa close up so let's keep in mind throughout January, January. Well, next week, I'm sure we'll get to see some kissing. Yeah, you will. Have you seen that movie? Yeah. Oh, okay. Kristen and I watched it. Okay. I'm excited to talk to you about it. Are you going to watch it again? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's... Kevin wants to watch that one. Very it's... rarely is there a movie that we have to watch for the podcast that Kevin's like, yeah, I'll watch that with you. This well, one, he was like, uh, no. <laughs> sure. That makes sense. There was not a lot of Palooza in this. No. Like, I'm not sure why the title is what it is. <laughs> because the t- the movie being called The Rapture yeah. isn't... I think they were trying to indicate that it was, like, a funny screwball comedy. Yeah, okay, fair. But... um, Lots of connections to other shows we've done uh, next week. Oh, good. 
Well, because of the dude. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, behind the scenes, I couldn't do two heart wrenchers in a row. And that's why we did this today and in- not and not um, Happy Christmas, which I confirmed with Kristen. Oh, is. Was a, a it tough okay. heart wrencher. Okay. Yeah. It didn't look like it was going to be. I think but... cake was worse. But cake ha- looked like it would be. Happy Christmas. She was like, and, it, and you know, this is her perception. So yeah. maybe whatever. But like, I was trying. I was trying to think of other Anna Kendrick movies that I've seen that I really liked uh-huh. so that we could do like whatever. And I was like, let's see. Oh, oh man. Um, up in the end. No, that's kind of a depressing. She doesn't have really a big part in that, whatever. Oh, 50, 50. I was like, James, really? Your option. Is that the one with Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Who gets cancer? Who gets yeah. cancer. It was a good movie no, though. That was a great movie though. It was really good and it worked out. She was great in that. She was. That had Seth Rogen in it too. Yeah. But not James Franco. Not James Franco. And Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yep. Which is always a bonus. Bonus. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think we should do social media. Do you have anything else to say? I thought that I really enjoyed this movie. I'd give this movie a solid B. Yeah. Like, yeah. Don't buy it. Don't purchase this movie. Yeah. But don't do don't s- spend don't spend money to see this movie. Other than the money you spend for your subscriptions. Or well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But don't like, don't spend special extra money to see this movie. But this movie this movie was was quick. Yeah, it's an hour and twenty five minutes run like. And that includes credits and such. So, but it goes like I felt like it felt like a long episode of a very funny pilot to a sitcom that mm-hmm. never got picked up. Yeah, yeah. When when we were at the date part, I was surprised that there was less than a half hour left. Yeah, yeah. Like when when God showed up, I was like, oh, there's only like fifteen more minutes. Yeah, yeah. I really like Ken Jong. I really like him too. I really like that he was a doctor. Yep. We have a Facebook group. <laughs> Yes, we do. It's called Unabashedly Obsessed with Unabashedly Obsessed, and you should join it. Yep. We also can be found on Twitter. The podcast is at UFO Podcast. You decide what the F stands for. Today, the F stands for... Falling Rocks. Mm-hmm. Yep. And fuck you, birds. Yep. And just so much fuck talk. God. Just yep. so much. Yep. Individually, we can be found <laughs> on Twitter. I'm at Unabashedly Aaron. I am at Unabashed James. I really identified with um, his dealing with little beasts, though. Like what? What did I say that could possibly make him run away from me like that? Oh yeah, <laughs> like I, I've I've been there. We have a Patreon. It's we at do Patreon.com/slash/unabashedlyobsessed. I just uh, I wrote the newsletter for this month, uh, which you get if you sign up at any level. Which was a look back at 2018 and the resolutions I made in January of 2018. Oh, and how we did? Spoiler: We did not not super. Did we make resolutions for the podcast? Yeah, I. Uh, was I there for it? I Well, here's what happened. On the plane to PodCon, I wrote out some resolutions and then I showed them to you and was like, these look good. And you were like, yep. And then I wrote them. Or maybe I even have, I might have even just uh, like told you about them. So That's they were basically possible. like, they that were basically like metrics. That whole weekend is kind of a blur. Sure, 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 sure. Um, but they were made basically metrics of like Facebook group, um, how big they are, how, how many Patreons. Anyway, we made some of them. Like oh, we, good. We, uh, we, I was, I said we should do more guests in 2018 Her, than we did in 2017. Boy, did we. And I was like, oh man, did we though? Because I, like, I was like, 2017 had, had eight. Crap, did we do more than eight in 2018? We did. We did nine. Did we? Only nine? Yeah. I would have thought it would have been more like 11. Yeah, we did nine, um, and that counts both of Lucy's and both of Caitlin. No, Lucy did two in 2017. Caitlin did two in 2018. Oh, okay. But that counts both of their episodes, both, yeah. both of those episodes. Yeah. Oh yeah, we did one more there. And then, but anyway, so a lot of them we fell a little short on. So, but uh, the newsletter also has uh, new resolutions, which I feel like are maybe a little more attainable. Um, but uh, 
So, yeah, jo- join the Patreon because uh, not only will you get to read that newsletter, but you'll also be helping us make our resolutions for 2019. Wink. And we have recommendations if you join at the $5 tier. Yes. I recommended three things that are all connected. Um, we also have a merch store, cafepress.com slash unabashedlyobsessed. Put our cartoon faces on things. That was one of our resolutions that we got. It is. Hey, Ding. good job. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. Uh-huh. It's like yeah and ass. Like badass, but like yes also. Great. Yes. That's it. And we have an email, unabashedlyobsessed at gmail.com. So if you want to send us a, a message that way, that's fun too. We check it and then overwhelm you with our responses. So check yep. that out. <laughs> Thank you to Jamie Shaheen for our theme song, Did You Guys Know There Was a Ladder Down Here? You can find Jamie and his band A Silent Few on YouTube. Thank you also to Emily Cardamus for uh, the logo art that she made for us. Uh, you can follow Emily uh, at Corrupted Gem or on her Tumblr at artfulhypothesis.tumblr.com. You might have heard of Emily when she got shouted out at the Candle Nights show yeah. on My Brother, My Brother and Me. Um, she drew our logo art, so like yeah. we're famous too. She had a big 2018. She really did, like, yeah. I'm really, really, I hope she wrote a, a tweet that was like, hey, if you get featured on a webpage, always take screenshots because then you might go back later and it might not be there. I think she maybe didn't take screenshots of iTunes. Oh, no. <laughs> so like. No, she did because she tweeted them. Oh, right. Right. So how else would we know? No. Did she tweet them? She definitely tweeted the art that was featured. Okay. Because I thought she said, go look at, I go maybe you will go look at iTunes homepage. I definitely saw she, she. She did one later. The, you're right. Yeah. You're she right. did at some point because there was a blep yeah. that the badger mm. character was doing sure and right because she it was tweeted magic tavern yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah. and zoomed it in yeah but yeah that guy, that character's name i believe is chunt is that who the badger is i think so okay they had uh, our audio armory episode about uh animals with weapons oh cool okay um so uh that i think is gonna do it i think that's it Hey, we are going to be at PodCon this year uh, in a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, if you're we have to be find there... a way to tie that into our January. Yeah. Yeah. I have some thoughts. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. But if you are also going to be at PodCon and somehow, like, we haven't already talked about how we're going to meet and hang out and have a great time, come say hi to us. We'll yeah. be around. We'll be around. You can't miss us. James is very tall. I'm quite tall. <laughs> um, so that's going to do it. And uh, I'm really excited about January. I... I like Anna Kendrick. I'm not sure if that has been made clear. I think people are starting to understand. Cool, cool, cool. All this, my all my subtle hints are finally adding up. Yeah. This has been a rapturous episode of Unabashedly Obsessed. It sure has. I'm James. I'm Aaron. I'll see you in hell. And so do pennies. <laughs>